All right, listeners, ladies and gents, all of you fans, welcome back to another episode of the uh, uh, new Loose Round Show. This is, I think, the third one. This is going to be our SHOT Show recap. Uh, we have uh, three who are in attendance. Tony is joining us because Tony is going to put us to task on all the things we may or may not have seen but haven't talked about. So, Tony, keep us honest. Um, and... Uh, you know, for everybody that doesn't know, Tony uh, is from the uh, Second Amendment for everyone, and uh, he's also a part of the, fire, uh, the Firearms Radio uh, Network. And so, uh, Tony, uh, tell us what podcast you're on. I'm with the Firearms Insider Gun and Gear Review Podcast. Outstanding. Firearms Radio Network. We also have Mark Kexel of Mad Dog Weapon Systems. Mark, uh we enjoyed having you on uh, when you were here to talk about Mad Dog, but now we're going to have you come on and talk as an industry insider and uh, attendee of SHOT. So how are you doing, Mark? Great, and thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure to see you guys. Well, absolutely. Um, it really was kind of cool <laughs> running into you guys at SHOT and getting a chance to just unwind. I think we were like a bubble inside of the, the sea of uh, attendees coming and going. Um, oh, yeah. I think we probably had some dirty stairs blocking the – hallway there too but you know hey right? some of us are pretty big We're, we did okay yeah I, I rely on jd to get people out of the way when he's walking through um <laughs> so you know tonight we're just gonna come together and have a little round table and discuss uh, the latest shot show and uh see uh what's going on in the firearms world so uh jd why don't you start us off with our uh, standing and supporting platforms you know what? Uh, you can support the show uh, by going to the new website, ar-15podcast.com. That's ar-15podcast.com. You can support it through Patreon or through PayPal uh, to Tom and Jim and Jason. Thank you for your monthly support. Everyone else, you are at a giving level where you've let us know you don't want us to say your name on the air. Uh, but we appreciate you very much for supporting the show. Uh, you made the Mike Reynolds and the things we did for SHOT Show um, happen this year. So uh, we really appreciate that. 100% of what you give to the show gets invested back into the show. Uh, Reed already has spreadsheets, Excel sheets, and DNA samples that we have to submit for each thing uh, purchased for the show. So uh, it'll help us bring better content, higher production value on the podcast for your favorite Black Rifle first. So thank you for your support. Also, uh, check out the giveaway we're doing with New Frontier Armory. I'm going to try to get uh, David on the show here in the next couple of weeks to talk about that side-charging 45 AR pistol we are giving away. That's right, absolutely free, giving it away. Uh, you can sign up at ar-15podcast.com. And uh, I think last time I checked, we're about 2,500 deep in the uh, entries for that. So uh, that sounds like a lot, but uh, not really, if you think about it. So sign up there, one entry uh, per person. Chad Wallace, I deleted 400 of your entries today. Uh, do it again, and uh, I will not let you in. But uh, he won't win anyway because he's a part of the Firearms Radio Network. So uh, with that, I think that's uh, what we got going on. Um, now into what's been going up, going on with us. Um, guys, I've been recovering from, you know, I mean, it was amazing. But I've been recovering and trying to get some sleep uh, from recovering from shot, even though sleeping in my own bed and all that stuff. But, man, it was just a crazy four days five days uh, that we were pushing. Reed, what about you? You know, actually, I have a, a good friend out here, and uh, he uh, showed up to the house at 1030, and uh, he was on the hunt for a, a P365. So uh, they're, they're not in the hands of anybody in this town as far as we know. 
maybe in the hands of distributors, but uh, there wasn't one to be found. I will tell you that I have pre-ordered one. You know, I was uh, thinking maybe if I ran into one, I'd buy it too, but it didn't happen. So uh, that's what I was doing. Mark, Tony, how about you? Or my, yeah, my feet are uh, just starting to recover a little bit. Um, luckily, we were talking earlier, didn't get sick or anything, but definitely did some uh, definitely did some damage to the body um, walking around that much for that long. And uh, it's also Las Vegas, so, you know, after the meetings and after the – handshakes you know we went out for a couple nights and um yeah uh, feeling better now but you know i reminds me of, i'm not dead yet for monty python you know but was feeling pretty close to it so thanks though yeah tony besides world domination and uh, trying to reunite the group tony 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 what have you been up to <laughs> uh well <clears throat> let me give you a little uh, advice guys i learned this from great american outdoor show and nra nra annual meeting soak your feet in the hot tub every night Soaky feet in the hot tub. That's like, um, <clears throat> I've been setting up the Rob's rifle. We got that Adam's Arms upper that we built into a rifle, put a Hollis and red dot on it, and we're going to use that this coming Thursday at our first shoot. That's going to be the firearm we introduce people to AR-15s with. And since it's a piston upper, it's something different. Even if you own an AR, you probably never shot one. Trojan Firearms gave us a uh, trigger. So we're going to use that. I have to do a review on it. Chad did a review on the straight trigger, and I'm going to do a review on the curved. And we're going to actually introduce people to firearms using a pretty decent rifle. So that's what I've been up to, just making sure everything was copacetic, got some ammo in, and uh, going to be packing that up and taking that to Gunfire Range Thursday. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. we got a High Point carbine, um, High Point donated, and I'm bringing it out. I have like maybe a hundred rounds of thirty-eight special that I can bring out with the Henry lever action. No, no, so wait a minute. We're going to have a couple of pistol caliber carbines. Who was that? So donated a nine millimeter carbine, and Henry Repeating Arms donated a three fifty-seven lever action. Well, I've it's heard of deal. Henry. Who is this it other pistol caliber carbine manufacturer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 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 uh it, it's not an AR, so so JD probably didn't hear of it either. Uh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, I thought I knew everything about you know quality firearms. I, 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 I would have, oh, here we go. I, I would have expected I'd have heard of a, a, a quality now, firearm. All I know is this: if they put a three fifty seven sig barrel on it, you'd know who they were. Oh, oh! <laughs> you think I am sold so cheaply? Yes. Ouch! Ouch! All right. Well, with that, I think uh, it's uh, story time with uh, JD. Uh, I think JD, this is the fan mail edition. This is. I found the president of my fan club, and I wanted to share it with you guys because uh, I got quite a laugh out of it. So I'm reading word for word. Uh, warning, when you do send feedback uh, through the website, ar-15podcast.com, it can, will, and most likely be read right on the air. So um, just keep that in mind. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I found the president of my fan club. Kent wrote in. Uh, he said, J.D., your uh, Y. Oh, you are pretentious, unprofessional, and annoying. How many times can you stray from the subjects of AR-15s? You constantly beat dead horses. I do not. Uh, I like horses. I want to keep them alive. Uh, you're sloppy at your job. You bring production value down. In regards to Franklin Armory, you're going off your sure 99% are okay, but you go on a tangent how customer service and one guy, blah, blah. Yet, when you get called out for eating on the podcast into people's ears... Uh, parentheses, that's professionalism. You tell people basically to F off. 
I feel bad for Reed. He'll probably defend you, but you're really a lead weight. The poor guy is running a show and having to clean up after you constantly just to complete a podcast and keep it on track. Reevaluate your performance and reflect on it. Um, for the record, uh, I did send Kent uh, an email back that said, um, Hey, Kent, uh, thank you for listening to our free podcast. Have a wonderful day. And uh, it was bounced back to me. So apparently Kent did not use a valid email to do it. So a couple things here. Uh, I believe it was our SHOT Show coverage, so we covered a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I'm going to stray off AR-15s. I don't beat dead horses. I mean, I'm not a big fan of PETA, but we're not going to beat animals. Um, Especially dead animals. I mean, really. I mean, unless it's a cow. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, every once in a while you have to tenderize a side of beef. You know, I'm just saying. And I don't know, Reed, have I ever eaten on the show and had been called out for it? Um, I, don't, I don't know, James. I've got insider information that Reed actually wrote that. I'm the Eminem guy. I'm the guy that gets called out. You know, so, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. So here, here's the deal. Thanks for your feedback, Ken. I appreciate it. I appreciate that you listen to the show. But you know what? Some people are going to like me. Some aren't. Some people are going to like you. Some aren't. But if you spend your free time and you have enough free time to listen to a free podcast, to get worked up over your opinion of me and then send it to me, but then have a bogus email address, I ain't got time for that. So I share it with our listeners, share it with our social media, and... um, Man, some of the memes that came from that were just epic. And um, <laughs> they commented on your grammar. I'm trying to keep everything on legit here and not embellish at all because I go on a tangent and 99% of the time it's just beating dead horses. But, uh, yeah, I, I was highly entertained by this, man. So, you know what? Thanks for listening. But here's the deal. You can listen or you don't. It's your choice, man. There are other podcasts out there on knitting, cross-stitching, that I'm sure they don't beat dead horses. I'm sure you can find a PETA uh, podcast that would actually unify people that are against people that beat dead horses. I like horses. I drove a Mustang. I owned two once. (laughs) They were both piles of garbage. But But they weren't dead, by golly. No, they weren't. Uh, That reminds me of a story I need to tell you, like, off- the podcast about my Mustang. But anyways, yeah, that was great. So Reed, I am sorry. Let me, let me make this apology to you. I'm sorry that I'm lead weight. I've done my best. I lost 110 pounds this past year. I will keep trying to do more. You're like half the lead weight you were a year ago. So I know. And you know, the thing is after 22 years in radio broadcasting and, you know, being at the peak of some of the biggest network shows in the country and, you know, being on a major market radio station, Man, I just, I really reflected on that and tried to decide if maybe the last 22 years were a waste. Well, I just want to know whenever, when do we qualify as professional? Doesn't that mean we have to be paid? I think we're amateur. I'm pretty sure we're not getting paid. Isn't that the, the Olympic standard? We have to be amateur athletes to be Olympians? You know, it's when you get money that you're no longer an amateur. Something. I'm just hoping for a titanium medal someday. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can, you, can you get back on topic, please? please, please. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> You're beating a dead horse to death. I know, seriously. Sorry, guys. All right, guys.
So, you know, we came up with a couple of uh, SHOT Show winners. Um, we posted it on our uh, social media. I think we can go over a lot of these. But, you know, I know that this is just J.D. and I. And so, Mark, we want you to kind of start us off with your SHOT Show winners. And, you know, don't be afraid to call out anybody that we like to. But, um, and, and, you know, Tony, you know, Tell us, is there anybody that, that we didn't catch? Because you know, we're not like the, the generalists. Um, we, we tend to be focused on our more passionate aspects of you know gun industry, fanboydom, and the AR-15. So we might have forgotten like 98% of the rest of SHOT Show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mark, go ahead. Sure. Uh, so uh, a lot of what we uh, focused on was uh, the ma- some of the manufacturers, and um, we met with a few folks that we wanted to see well before we went out there, uh, and had some really productive meetings with some folks. And the the guys, they I mean, they toured around a lot and did a lot of walking. I did a lot of walking too, but uh, I, I had uh, some set meetings and focused on a few things. I really like um, I really like what Hornady is up to these days. Uh, I really like what Starline is doing. They, uh, Starline has launched a full uh, core press of, of rifle brass. Now, obviously, for, for what we do, um, I'm going to be more impressed by something like that than uh, a new AR folding stock, even though there was a couple really cool ones there. Um, on the manufacturing side, though, I think that um, what I learned the most uh, from all the, the places I visited, those that are just doing the same old thing as everybody else uh, kind of got washed out. And those that are uh, providing just a little bit of innovation or creative thinking, um, which will feel that makes sense. Um, I think those are the places that really stood out. Some of the manufacturers, uh, so LMTs, you know, I'll share one. LMTs is was impressive. Uh, Hornady's doing some really cool things with some of their, you know, their new cartridges, the 6.5, and some other things. Um, but really, uh, the, the the like Starline really impressed me. They had one of the smallest. Um, most anonymous, uh, inglorious booths. Uh, but if you stopped and talked to them, they would just, they would hang out and talk to you and tell you why they're doing what they're doing, all the things that are coming up next. Um, the machine, the, 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 the manufacturers though, some of the machines that were there, and, uh, with different types of bolt carrier groups and things like that, that really, uh, coming out with new bolts and extensions, you know, KK came out with some stuff. Uh, th- those are the folks that are really impressing me. The folks that aren't working necessarily within the status quo. Um, places that are developing uh, n- new parts and um, uh, new de- new parts, new devices, and or new systems that uh, will further, you know, the industry that will uh, advance uh, things. Those are really what we focused on. Uh, some of the meetings we had, I'm sorry, I can't really talk about them, but we had um, some really, really productive, fruitful meetings with some very large corporations, um, and they're really actually. They don't admit it, but they're they're watching, uh, you know, wildcats. It's kind of what they do. Um, they are kind of looking around and picking and choosing. And we didn't realize that we were being watched as much as we were. Um, so it was it was a it was a very proud uh, show for us. We accomplished a lot. It was humbling as well because uh, I had this plan that we were going to walk it and see just about everything and get the meetings in and blah blah blah. K and S right now. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are AK guys at all, but uh, KNS developed this adjustable gas piston um, for the AK platform, uh, which is in that market is going to revolutionize uh, 
um, the, the AKs. Uh, it's an adjustable gas piston that you can, you know, for right now they have a prototype. They built two, so you can run supers and subs with it just by adjusting the piston, which is unheard of. But now uh, there, there's there's some cool stuff going on out there. Some of my favorite meetings were with um, some of the large ammunition and firearms manufacturers, but I can't really talk about a lot of those. Uh, I think that's great. Hey, Mark, tell me. So, is it is it is it intimidating to know that those people are watching you? Is it? I mean, how does that make you feel? Because sure, you no. Know, I, I guess I guess what it is is that in the beginning, when you don't realize that they're watching, you're almost asking for it. You know, hey, look at us, look what we're doing. And then once you shake hands with them, they're like, we've been watching the whole time. You don't really have to wave your hands. <laughs> that's, that's really that's that's kind of humbling. Um, I, I'm not easily intimidated and not in a tough guy way, but, um, you know, for, with what I do, I have to be able to communicate with people. I have to be able to talk. I have to be able to most importantly listen. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of folks, when they, you know, get, get with some of these, you know, CEOs of companies like Hornady and such, you, you know, they can freeze block up or, you know, it's, it's happened to me too, but really when you, if you just chill out, they're regular people, um, they're, they're, they're gun guys like we are, you know, uh, some of them in their, on their teams or on their board or whatever might not be their salesperson or a marketing person. But at the end of the day, whoever is kind of steering the ship, you know, they're a gun guy and they are, you know? Yeah. So if you just relax and say, Hey, listen, here's, here's what we're about. And not unlike, you know, JD's point, if you, if you like it, great. If you don't, that's fine too. You know, no big deal. But when they tell you, oh, yeah, we're well aware, and, you know, no, we're not the type of folks that just start calling you, but we're watching, um, that's a that's a good feeling because now it's a little bit less, hey, look over here, and now it's more like, okay, we better get our act together. You know, we better start putting things together in a really nice clean package for these folks because they don't have the time, you know. Um, that's something that I learned on, the, on, on this trip. I think that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Tony. Tony looks like he's reading something. He's he's deep in thought over there. Yeah, I was reflecting. No, I was I was just on mute. I was just checking out some things, <clears throat> some things that might have been missed that I thought were pretty cool, but no biggie. What do you think, Tony? About what? Shot show coverage, Tony. Tell me, is there anything well, uh, that just I, I, floored you? Anything that you're like head scratching? You know, something that you're just willing to send in your wallet for? What, what did you see? From the outside looking in, because you weren't there this year, were you? No, I wasn't there. I haven't been to Shot Show. Um, a couple of things I really like, and and they had a horrible commercial. I mean, they had a horrible ad. But uh, and I don't like. I think their products really have a problem with fit and finish. But the Keltec um, RFB, I guess that's what it was called. Now wait a minute. Is that the survival rifle that we're going to give you with a um, a jug of urine? Urine. Yeah, that that was it. Worst ad ever. <clears throat> I mean, really, it, it, it was like they saw um, the Saints ads last year and went, hey, we can come up with something dumber than that. <laughs> um, we'll just put magazine ads out talking about drinking urine as part of a survival plan. But I really like the firearm. Uh, one reason is because it just thumbs the nose at all the people with the evil features. Uh, it doesn't have a pistol grip. All it has is an attachable magazine. It has no bayonet lug. Very simplistic, lightweight, like six and a half pound, five, five, six. Um, that's what I like about it. What I don't like is their fit and finish on pretty much everything KSG makes. It really looks like toys from the 70s, toy guns from the 70s, 
<laughs> with like just plastic with um, the alignments off. Um, it's just melded together and you can see huge seams and everything they make. But the innovation is off the hook. Um, and also <clears throat> their production is horrible. Their production times and time frames and turnaround times are horrible. But other than that, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, right along with <clears throat> the 308 uh, Tavor. What is it? Tavor 7? Yeah. Which is yeah, kind of like the other something that was like, spectrum of, of quality. It's like exactly. high quality. <clears throat> Very high, and the price tag goes with it. But those are the things I kind of liked. Nothing else? It was just those two big things? Well, those were the two big things. The, the pistol thing, I, I know what people were talking about, but <clears throat> especially with the, what, zero... Zero Delta. Delta? Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's really innovative, but, I mean, you made a metal Glock. <laughs> um, now, wait a minute. And, that that particular like- innovation threw the Glock into my, my willingness-to-buy list. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it was already done. <clears throat> the metal Glock thing was done by one of the companies that's really known for their coatings. I can't think of their name right now. Oh, Robar. Robar did a metal Glock a long time ago. Um, actually, you can Google it, <clears throat> on, uh, and the YouTube thing will come up. <clears throat> one of the gun shows, actually, one of the television gun shows actually did a review on it. It was pretty cool. I thought it was cool then. Um, Zero Delta's doing it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I'm looking at the cost that they're going to charge for it, and I'm like, you know, I can buy for that, right? I mean, <laughs> I-, I can buy a Glock 19 and a Glock 26 or a Glock 26 and a Glock 34 for the price of that can be both, and you're not really going to do that. Well, I don't Once know. You pay for this. I, yeah. I, 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 I buy SIGs, not two Glocks. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying, though. I mean, but by the time you put in how much the slide, barrel, and everything else costs with the lower, innovative, innovation is great, and maybe that'll work out in places where you can't have more than one firearm, you know what I mean, or you're stuck with, like, one or two pistols that you can purchase all those parts and have multiple. But in a lot of states, it's just easier just to buy another firearm. But I think it's great. I thought it was really cool, and I hope they go far with it, of course, because I like the people that own the company. I mean, I like Rocky. I like her husband. And I wish them all the success in the world. Uh, just because I say mean, that's not hateful me, things. Mean, I, no, I'm not. I no, no, it. no. Listen to our show. <laughs> 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 You know, but uh, those those were what I saw it was pretty cool, and um, that nobody pays attention to. Obviously, uh, they have their Cobra, and I think they call it the Night Cobra code job, and put some G10 grips on it, and put a Bob Hammer on it, and called it new. Yeah, that, that's me being kind of mean. You didn't do anything. <laughs> you put a Bob Hammer on a revolver, and you gave it a different paint job, and put some VZ grips on it. That's not new. That's sad. Now, which one was that? <laughs> <clears throat> the Colt Cobra. The revolver they had that came out last year. Or year oh, yeah. NRA. Yeah, well, they painted it black, and um, they put some VZ grips on it and a bobbed hammer and act as if they got something brand new. <laughs> you I... really need to check this out. MSRP 899 <laughs> No. Oh. <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. I don't know. I think Colt is one of those companies that really... Um, you know, I know everybody goes on about them filing bankruptcy and 
Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of the, a wrong-headed approach because bankruptcy is how you basically clear the baffles out of American industry. And we don't send people to debtor's prison. We let them file bankruptcy. We let them take good ideas and put them back into the markets and the good stuff floats to the top and the bad stuff gets cast off. But I think, I think Colt's going to be like a Springfield someday. You know, a company's going to come along and well, buy every- the right to use the name. Because, I mean, Springfield oh, okay. Armory isn't the old, original, you know, arsenal where Springfield firearms were developed for, you know, much of the, you know, end of the last century, you know, well, two centuries ago since we're in the Yeah, news. exactly. But, you know, <laughs> but, I mean, when is it going to be Colt is some new upstart company that buys the right to use their name? Yeah, I don't know. I think Colt wants so much money for their name. That's uh, the thing. They don't I have mean, a cult. Everyone knows the name cult. But what was the last innovative, really cool kick butt product that came out of cult? You went, man, I got to get my hands on that. Yeah, but cult doesn't have a choice uh, in a bankruptcy court when the intellectual property rights go up to the auction block to pay off creditors. I mean, that's okay. that's a full on bankruptcy. I mean, they're they're trying to get a workout, not a uh, or you know full bankruptcy. So I get it. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why companies do that and think it's something awesome. All right. Mark, Tony. So, <laughs> what about you two? You guys got a list, right? Yeah, we've got a list. All right, J.D., are you going to basically uh, be the, the proctor for the list, the docent, and take us through it? Yeah, well, um, so first up, uh, Geisley. Uh, we stopped by there. We talked to Dan the Man, unfortunately, Puns and haikus and rhyming happen when you're exhausted. Um, their Remington 700 trigger, you got time on it on range day, and uh, oh, I got yeah. time on their URGI upper out there. Um, I, I was Im- impressed with their offerings. I was too, and you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Remington 700 fan. Now, you guys can all you know browbeat Remington all you want, but I bought mine in the 80s, so I've got no worries with what I have. <laughs> But, uh, I wasn't able to legally buy a firearm in the 80s because I was eight when we got, got out of the 80s. Just throwing that out there. Reed bought his at the hardware store. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> carried, carried it in the window of my pickup truck. <laughs> but, he, also uh, has some, he also has some pre-64 Winchesters that he got when they were brand new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> So we were we talked to them and um, we got time at the range and then also talked to them at the booth to get their stuff. Um, so you know, Geisley puts out solid uh, products. Uh, somebody we don't have on the list, uh, CMC. We've worked with their triggers before. Uh, this is kind of a I'm moving this up a little bit because I don't want to forget about it. Uh, did you guys see uh, on Instagram that they had a Glock barrel at their booth? Uh, it was uh, one of their silver Glock barrels. They had it there. Somebody jacked it at Shot Show. There's only one, um, and they're hoping. I mean, they're they're extremely nice about this. We'd love to see it back in our mailbox at the shop. Be decent, return it. We know it was an accident. You can't even show it off to your friends. I, I mean, they're they're definitely taking the high road. But what kind of what kind of low life? You know, gets you, in. You know what I'm this. thinking? I've got a theory. You know what What's my the theory, theory is? What? I think it was one of the um, Pacific Rim intellectual property pirates walked by the booth and thought it was swag. Hey, look! It's a barrel! (laughs) It's swag! Right now, right? And they put it in their bag and they walked off. And you know what? 
I guarantee you we're going to find an airsoft barrel that looks just like it <laughs> in about six months. Then we'll know. Yeah. Then we'll know. I tell you what, I, Mark, I don't know if it stood out to you, but there's always there's always foreign media there. Um, or the French defense minister who's kind of a jerk. <laughs> um, yeah. He, I, I don't know if he's actually the, the French defense yeah. minister, but um, we ran into him several times on range day and I think throughout the, the shot show floor. And uh, he was kind of a jerk. I mean, all just bar, barreling his way in and everything. And I, I mean, just watching him. And I was like, it was the first time I've actually seen it. I'm going to get hate mail now. A Frenchman like taking his initiative in charge. Normally when you go throughout history, <laughs> wow, you see them running the other way. Yep. You know, surrendering. Okay. We have warehouse sure? full of uh, French firearms. They've uh, <laughs> never been used. Only dropped once. <laughs> um, you sure? You sure you didn't run into Instructor Zero? I mean, that's the only. Oh no, we I saw him say. there. We saw him too. Yeah, yeah. he's a nice guy. Man. I was, I was, I was telling telling JD that you know I'm not sure what they mean by Italian Special Forces because like we have the German, what is it, the GSG, the British SAS. And the Italian Special Forces. I mean, what does that mean? They don't even have, like, an acronym. I mean, are they like, you know, the the young Italians that, you know, are willing to pick up a gun instead of lean against a building, smoking cigarettes, picking up girls? I mean. Oh, my. They just, they just say the whole thing because Italiano is a very good language, right? <laughs> oh, hold on a second. <clears throat> The 2A4E diversity shoot does not. <laughs> well, no, I'm just talking about the, the French defense minister. He was, he was very – I've never seen – you know, I take that back. I have seen it happen. Um, when they when it's like right next to Weight Watchers and there's a buffet and, and you know, the fat guys come out. And I can say this because I'm a fat guy. Um, and like the buffet opens and you charge in, that is the only time I've seen that kind of drive uh, from somebody of, of that stature. So, uh, Best it, Buy at Christmas type of thing? Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. But uh, it was either that, the, the Pacific Rim journalists that are there taking pictures and almost measurements mm-hmm. of everything that's out there. Yeah. Uh, regardless, Shot has said year after year we're going to cut down on that. We're going to we're not going to allow it. We're not going to allow it, and they they still end up showing up. So e- it was either what Reed said, one of those guys, or it's the guy that sees like the table full of patches and puts his arm out and dumps them into one of those milk crates that break your ankles when they <laughs> walk around. Yeah. I mean, wow. nobody pay they don't pay attention at all, and they just swing those things around, and you know. Reed has a system for getting through crowds. Like if somebody's walking right at him and, and normally I'm right behind Reed or off to his, you know, his right side or left side. And we're going through so I can talk to him as we're getting through stuff. If somebody's coming at Reed, he just stops dead. Stop. He makes them decide to go around him. Now, exactly. it, is, it is worked for three years until this last show when Reed I think they got to second base in the dance that they did. Oh yeah, Reed wasn't moving, but this guy was treating Reed like he was a pole. I was his and dance he was, partner. He was he was working. He goes him. left, and I didn't move, and he goes right, and I didn't move, and he goes left, and then he starts looking at me with a quizzical look. Wait a minute, you're not going to dance with me? And then he grabbed my shoulders and he kind of walked around me, and I was like, "What is this guy?" 
And Tony, I swear, the guy was twerking while he was doing it. So it, was, it was very, very uncomfortable. It was. All right, you guys. You, you, you know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, well, not on this podcast. Like going against the rules. <laughs> I, I want Tony to come to next year's SHOT Show with us because I think it would be hilarious to just point everybody, like, Tony, talk to that guy and see what happens. <laughs> But Obviously, uh, you didn't see me at uh, NRA when I just walked through the crowd and it parted. I told everyone I was Coley on the war. They loved me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for CMC, man, we hope they get the trigger back. And if you happen to see barrel. someone, barrel, we hope, barrel, we hope barrel. to get the barrel back. Yeah, we hope barrel. to get the barrel back. Yeah, I'm keeping um, the trigger. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks, Reed. If you see somebody with a, a silver Glock barrel that says CMC on it, uh, rat them out. Yeah, I, I don't know what you want to do with them. Knock them over the head with a you know French yeah, gun. No, no problem. I'm just going to put this over here. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so and they were they were great. We stopped by the booth real quick to talk to them about having them on the show. Um, it is one of the we have like a group of three or four unicorns we're trying to chase down. And uh, they're one of them, so we're going to try to get them. Uh, next, uh, our winners from SHOT Show. Uh, I agreed with the first part of this, uh, the P365 from SIG. Uh, I shot it. Um, I'm very interested in it. May even buy one. Reed, I believe, has already pre-ordered like 250 of them <laughs> just to make sure he has enough. I've gotten uh, out a bunch it. of lines. <laughs> so um, we're impressed. Of course, uh, thank you to SIG for having us out to their range day. Uh, we had a blast. Uh, it, it was a, a really cool experience. Reed, what did you uh, like about the RX series? You know, here's the thing. Um, their willingness to go back into the product line and start milling slides and putting the Romeo ones on them. I think that, of course, the um, the RMRs really kind of in terms of a segment of that market are becoming really popular and I think you're getting more widespread use and I think a lot more people are trying to figure out how to really use them and deploy them and, and, and make them work in the way that they shoot pistols and frankly I'm getting older you know I, I like something that's going to help me through like the next 20 years so that uh, I, I get fewer and fewer comments from JD about how old I am but <laughs> so I actually got I actually got grief from people we met listeners and they said Man, Reed, we thought you were going to be older. <laughs> I, I look young for my age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he look, he doesn't look a day over seventy two, guys. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, to be fair, he was walking around with Chad, so he still looked like the young guy in the group. Yeah, <laughs> man. Which is sad because I'm older than Chad. Yeah, Chad is a uh... no. Nobody's older than Chad. Oh yeah, we compared driver's licenses. It was a it was a scary picture. All right. Um, so Brownells is up next. Uh, they did their uh, retro rifles. We knew about the uh, the line that they were coming out with, um, and then they had the announcement for the 308 line that Reed went and saw. Um, where was I was at Velocity Triggers when that happened, but um, they're releasing the full line of retro rifles. And if you are waiting on, say, a Brownells retro A1 upper clone. Uh, I've been told sometime in the next <laughs> couple of weeks that they will be available. I would sign up to get notification, and uh, if not... Really? Uh, really? You're going to say that, and then you're going to complain when all the listeners get ahead of you. 
I'm already uh-huh. signed up. I'm signed up like on four different emails. So yeah. I'm gonna call Brad Nels and have him take you off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll call Sig and get a PC 365 for a deal um, and then sell it to you for double. In 357 Sig. I so want one of these retro. Actually, I want all of these retro rifles because that has been my thing since I was a kid and saw the first AR 10. I thought they were the coolest things ever. Mainly because I used to read those magazines. I used to read the old Soldier Fortune mags because you could get them at the uh, Goodwill for like five cent. (laughs) So I used to just get stacks of them and just read all the old cool stuff. And AR-10s were the bomb diggity. And this is something you could actually buy, afford, and shoot without it falling apart on you and without you wrecking something that's worth a ton of money. Oh, yeah. I, I want one. I want one. I mean, actually, I want them all because they were the things we grew up looking at. Um, when I got in the Marine Corps and we had the M16A2, that was awesome because, truthfully, the M16A2 is a better shooting rifle for marksmanship-wise, comparatively. Yeah, I'd agree with you. But the M6, yeah, but the M16A1 was what we watched. You know, the, the what is it called? The 177E2. That was a cool special forces gun that you had all the photos of, like green berets and stuff with tiger striped uniforms. <laughs> you had all the cool stuff, and this is just awesome. And we're at that age that people our age are running companies, and they went, you know what? This is awesome, and we're going to put this out because we like it, <laughs> and you will too. Oh yeah, I'm, I think I'm it's digging cool. it all. Agreed. So next step, uh, are we going to dance like that guy in the aisle? <laughs> no, I'll just try to walk through you, and you stay there, and it'll right. just get really awkward. Uh, Sword International out of uh, Northern Nevada. Uh, you had time on their uh, MK18, I believe, and Anthony had time on their MK17. Uh, great guys. Uh, we're going to get them on the show. Uh, we were impressed with what they did last year at SHOT Show, and they've also extended an invitation for uh, the show to come up. And uh, they said that they will get any shooter out to 2,000 yards. I am the worst shooter on the show by a long shot. Um, at 50 yards, um, I'm like at 15 or 20 or 25 MOA. Um, even if it doesn't have fins. So, I mean, I'm going to be a challenge for those guys. Up you, there, you know what, J.D., I may have actually embellished a little bit what he said. You did? Yeah, he, he said he'd get me on at 2,000 yards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's yeah. going to be able to get you on. Well, you know what? Miracles happen every day. <laughs> a broken clock is right twice a day, right? And you know what? Nerf all of a sudden saw a spike in the footballs they sold last year. <laughs> they weren't expecting that, were they? <laughs> Not at all. Um, up next, let's uh, roll through. Uh, Lewis Machine and Tool, Reed, you added this in the Mars system. Yeah, we. I got a chance to shoot their rifle, and uh, we took that out to 400 yards, but um, they were uh, set up next to Schmidt and Bender, so uh, Schmidt and Bender actually uh, put one of their scopes on that rifle, and I'm telling you, uh, the rifle is great to begin with, but, you know, you put a quality piece of glass on it, and it's a combination that can't be beat. Now, I mean, of course, that's an expensive scope. I mean, there's just no getting around the price tag on a Schmidt & Bender, but yeah, I'm probably not going to have one. I don't even know if my kids will ever have one. <laughs> i tell you what. Uh, zero- <laughs> Go ahead. Zero Delta is up next with our Genesis Z9. Um of course, we're fans of Rocky and what her husband are doing with unbranded and U.S. optics. Uh, Clint Walker working with that, too. Um, the, the modular handgun. 
you know, working it out, getting hands on it, and uh, even being teased a little bit about it when we had him back on the show in uh, November. I thought it was one of the highlights of the show. Uh, I thought it, uh, everywhere I went, you kind of heard the buzz about it. You heard people talking about it. So uh, really happy for them and what they're doing there at Zero Delta. And um, Reed actually was on the flight uh, for three hours uh, with one of the guys uh, from Zero Delta who used to be with Warsport. And uh, I, I had to apologize to the guys. Like, I know what it's like to sit and talk to Reed for three hours. And you know, oh, wow. Normally, I can get up and walk away, or I can mute him, or I can say, hey, I got to go. Uh, but you were in a confined space strapped to a seat right next to him for three hours. So uh, on behalf of the podcast, I want to apologize to you. But uh, good dude. And-, <laughs> and these are your, these are your friends. <laughs> and these are my friends. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, we did stop by and visit with Tony over at uh, uh, Fortis, and we saw we their lower receiver, and I, I think that that was a pretty interesting-looking uh, lower, and so I was pretty impressed with what they've done. But, you know, I think that goes back to, Mark, your your point about how either you're stuck in the mud or you're trying to refine and improve your ability Ability to put good products out there, whether it's improve your manufacturing processes, put some design innovations in there. Uh, I, I think that the, the the line's been made in the sand, and either you're progressing past it or you're falling behind. And you know, I think it's going to get real competitive real quick, and you either you either catch up or you hang it up. Agreed. You've got to have something, you know, um, different. Uh, you've got to have something that uh, has a value to it to more people. Um, and you've got to stand out a little bit. Um, if you're, uh, we walked past a lot of booths that just had a bunch of ARs hanging on the wall, right? So it's just, it is what it is, right? So this booth, that booth, that company, this company, and it's just a bunch of different ARs with maybe some different attachments. Did you, did you guys see some of those? Did you stop at them? You know, Maybe. we didn't, yeah. and and it was it was that. You know, what's the compelling draw? You know, exactly. are you yeah. you know providing a different experience between pulling your trigger and a bullet hitting the the target? Is there something that's in there? And, and no. Yeah, and, where's your magic? Your spice? What's your? You got a special sauce going on? If you don't have a special <laughs> sauce going on, then you know your you know mayonnaise, whatever. But uh, yeah, you, those that those that are smart are. Doing something to um, uh, create an identity for their company that you'll remember. Uh, something that's different about them, something that stands out, that says, hey, you know, yes, guns are cool, but what these guys are doing is actually really interesting. You capture them like that, and that's generally how it's going to help you grow. Oh, yeah. I think um, the industry's changing. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I think the last few years, all you had to do was make an AR, and you were okay. And the bottom's falling out of that market. Now, either you have to come up with inexpensive ARs or you have to come up with something that hooks people. Mm-hmm. I, I really think, I mean, <clears throat> the top end people are always going to be the top end. You know what I mean? Daniel Defense is not going to make a lower end Daniel Defense rifle. But I'm thinking that middle ground is kind of packed. The low ground has a lot of people. You're going to have to do something that's different. Just It can't be just an AR anymore. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if you want to catch the major market, if you want to get the YouTubers and the magazines talking about you, coming out with the Smith & Wesson Sport 3 ain't going to get it done. You know, here here's my, my thought on that whole point. You know, 
there is a bottom tier of the market. They're the low-cost leaders. And the problem with the low-cost leaders is you have to have economies of scale to make that narrow profit margin work for you, which means that if you are a small low-cost leader, you cannot disrupt a guy that's got 40% of that segment or, you know, it's just not possible. You know, because unless you are backed by incredibly deep pockets, how can you go lower than the guy who's already outperforming you on economies of scale? You yep. you can't. You're just losing money to buy market share. Now, yep. I wouldn't think that's a bad approach if you're an industry giant and you've never been in that market and you want to shoulder your way in. All right. Be the low-cost leader. Undercut everybody until you can gain enough market share for you to be standing on your own feet. You know, heck, be a low-cost leader in a segment so you can shoulder your way in. And then once you've established a name for yourself, try to propel yourself into higher tiers. All right. But you know what? You can't do that if you're small. If you're an entrepreneur, you can get in there. You can get through the barriers of entry and you can do something. But it's not going to be at that level. It's not going to be the low cost. You have to have something innovative or exciting or nobody's going to look at you. Agreed. True. I just want to say I drooled over that lower from Fortis. Yes. A little bit. It was, I mean, it was I, a drool-worthy lower for a guy was, with a lower it, addiction. <laughs> no doubt. But uh, Tony, Tony's also an awesome guy there at Fortis, and we've had several conversations on different stuff. I look forward to partnering up with him in the future. He's uh, really kind of a cool guy that I'm glad that uh, we got to know at shot and uh, right before because we released our interview um, while we were actually at industry range days. So we look forward to talking to Tony in the future. And I have let it be known that I would like to be first or second on the list for that uh, license lower that they got. Yep. Uh, next, we, we stopped by Otis Technology, our friends there. Uh, we've been teaming up with them for years. Uh, they have the mission critical uh MC10 cleaning system. It was the first time on the podcast that uh, we mentioned. Uh, Reed talked about his Browning uh, high power clone, and uh, I mentioned that it probably it's from Israel, so it probably has brain matter in it that he had to clean off, and that this kit <laughs> it was, it, would actually I take believe care it was of it. a police law enforcement turn in. I'm pretty sure, based on the condition, that this wasn't held by someone um, who was part of a well funded, well supplied military. That doesn't mean that it doesn't have brains on it, but, you know, I just just want to lay that out there. Um, you know, we, we talked to the engineer that made this product, and, you know, what he said to us was, I thought, kind of amazing. He said basically everything else out in the industry is basically a petroleum distillate. It's a product that burns. It has a flashpoint that will ignite, and it will burn off your firearm. And then he explained that, in the different spaces where lubricants are important, like aerospace and you know automotive and some of the other segments, they're not using petroleum distillates. And he explained the the Otis's approach to creating a product that's going to essentially um, provide the 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 requisite um, protection and lubrication that you need for firearms without falling victim to that condition, based on modern. You know, I'm assuming modern chemical understanding of how to get there. And so I thought that that was uh, interesting that he says we looked at it from a brand new perspective. Like someone walked into our door and said, how would you provide a lubricant for this product with these operating temperatures? And that that kind of shocked me that that hasn't been done yet. Yeah, I think out of the box, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, I do something different. Um, so you got your you got your Israeli police trade in <clears throat> because I have two CZ seventy fives that came in from there, and um, I had to just get all the lube off of them. And I did the whole thing. I used to do a mimosin again. I just dropped it in boiling hot water, took the pieces out, and then cleaned them off that way. Uh, it just just it made a mess, and I, I didn't tell my wife that I used that pot. You know, <clears throat> that's not my problem. <laughs> hold, hold on, where, where is she? Yeah, that's not my problem. That was that was like that was like two years ago. So, um, <laughs> statute of limitations is up. I can't get yelled at about that anymore. <laughs> but uh, did you <laughs> did you just use the spray on it? I mean, how did how did you get that stuff off that packing grease? Well, I basically just assembled the pieces. Took all the roll pins out, and um, I have um, I have a, a a pencil cup, I guess, as every toothbrush I've ever retired, and so I just pull out a new retired toothbrush and go to town with whatever it is I'm cleaning. Because really bad, I've got the brass bristle brushes, and I use those. But yeah, just the spray and that, and it worked great. Oh, okay. Now I mean I'm sure oh, there right. are I, recesses. That'll be stuff coming out for a while. Yeah, I would imagine so. But, yeah, I mean, it did a great job. Uh, for whatever reason, under the uh, um, the extractor, um, there was an amazing amount of just gunk. And, and I don't know why it found its way underneath it, but um, it cleaned it up beautifully. And so I was impressed with it. Yeah, I really wanted one of those, too. Uh, they had the CZs come out. I don't. I don't know who got the contract to the Israeli police, but somebody did all at one time because CZs came up, and so did Browning High Powers. Well, <laughs> like this was all, uh, once, all those came on the market. What was it? Was FEG? This is the Hungarian outfit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they had some FEGs and they had some Brownings too, but the price was like whoa. Living in Jersey, it's a pain in the butt because you have to wait to get the pistol purchase permit before you could. But, and, you know, I think all the Brownings I saw that were part of that um, had hit wherever I was looking and been gobbled up before I even got to the point where I would committed to myself to buy one. But, you know, then I was like, well, crap, I should have bought one. And then the FEGs came up. <laughs> and, and literally, I can't remember, I guess it was a gun broker ad. I don't know who had them, but there were like 35 of them. And I went through each picture because they listed the – you know, correct picture for each listing. So I read the description and I got the one that had the least amount of rust, although it appears to have the most amount of slide wear. So I'm going to give it some yeah, brain, brain matter. Some <laughs> brain matter. Somebody's scrubbing the nice. blood off, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, up next, uh, we went to IWI. Uh, we had Tom on the show released, uh, is today Monday? Yeah, it released today. Um, and then we shot on range day the TS-12, uh, the SBR, and Reed shot the Tavor 7. Uh, I thought they all three of these offerings uh, were just out of the park for each one. The, the Tavor 12, I mean, shooting that, I think I grinned for a half an hour after that. And the SBR oh, yeah. is sick. This is a little compact package. And... IWI, I, I offered my wallet to several people, but I believe I offered it to IWI first. So they get yeah. first pick on all the pictures of my kids and my diner's club card and my Visa and my Amex and all that stuff. So I just told them to run it and for you know whatever amount it would take to get all three of them. So. Well, you know, I think I read something about yeah. uh, Michael Bain liking the TS-12 also. So 
I guess that makes us highbrow now. I found that I found that unique uh, the TS12 um, because you'd have to change manually, switch it to the next tube. I'm like interesting. I, I, I just found it interesting. I mean, it's it's a new skill set you're gonna have to pick up to run it. It's not an 870. Yeah, you're just gonna have to learn to run it. Um, because I was looking at it, it's like the button on that side for that, and then you got the charger handle, and you have the loading gate. You're gonna have to learn to run the gun. It, it is not your Mossberg. It is not. Your, your Remington, it's something totally different. Because Tavor and IWI put it together, I'm hopefully it's rugged and it works well. Um, because we've been talking about it on my podcast, the 2A4E podcast, fighting shotguns and bullpups and the fact that most of them are just range guns. Yeah, They have never got that track record. But because of who makes this, maybe this will be the new generation of fighting shotgun. That's something different. You know, it would not surprise me at all if this ended up being a shotgun that was going to take uh, doorknobs off of doors and hinges off of doors uh, whenever somebody needed to go through an opening. Uh, you know, it certainly um, has a great deal of potential in terms of moving in tight spaces, and I think that's pretty amazing for as much capacity as it has. Um, yeah. I don't remember the – I think, Tony, we talked about – didn't we talk about the Utahs, or maybe it was Chad, the Utahs and then the uh, Keltex offering? I, I don't even remember them having capacities that high, 15 rounds, uh, plus um, one in the chamber. Are they? Are they? Yeah, the KSG was seven per chamber, so it, it was 14 plus one. Uh, the Utahs was a, a near the same thing, but the Utahs does not hold up to even shooting low brass. I mean, it cannot. It beats itself to death. Um, Gun for Hire has some, or had a couple, and it's a rental range. Yeah. And it would beat itself up and go right into the shop. So, yeah, no. <laughs> well, and isn't the, um, correct me, is the, um, is the Keltec a pump? Or is it a pump, semi? Yep. Keltec's a pump. Yes. Keltec's so, a pump. This is has, a anyone actually, in Jersey. has anyone actually seen a Keltec in the wild? I did. Well, no, not in the wild. I saw that shot. Okay. I saw him at the gun store. I haven't. I haven't actually shot one yet. I think I saw I, that I, shot. It reminds me of the Spas. I don't know if you guys. Oh yeah. I, I, there was a lot of articles about him. There was a lot of press about him, but I never ever saw one in the hands of anybody. Um, I when you have old, actually fired one. My stepdad was an FFL back when those things were still okay to buy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now you're talking about like that uh, Donald Schwarzenegger Terminator one oh. with the hook. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Right. That is yeah, that's it. so big. That's huge. I mean, it's like you, you have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger to carry that dang thing around and use it. Yeah, and the, and it's the, the hook for the, yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> it is. It is. It's awesome. <laughs> I only have one shotgun. It's a single barrel ten gauge that I cut down to eighteen and a half inches, and I only own it in case a horse goes lame in my front yard or something. That's really <laughs> the one. Yeah. wow. Um, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's never good at shotguns, really. Um, I have one. It's a New England Firearms single barrel ten gauge, cut down to eighteen and a half inches. And the fun thing is, is I've I've gone on. I did one run and gun with it. I didn't run. I just walked. <laughs> so everybody else's times were like, you know, 45 seconds. I was like two and a half minutes, but I had the most fun because uh, everything I shot with it was just dust. <laughs> um, so they never let me come back. Um, <laughs> but that, that thing is fun. I call it thump. 
Um, it looks like a grenade launcher with a wood stock. It's awesome. Anyways. Oh, everybody has to have something like that. Uh, now I'm hooked. I, probably, I need to go get one. Show it to you? Yeah. I like oh, to see it. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it after the show. No, no, don't get up now. All right, all right. You can show it to us after the we show. We have one. Uh, uh, my partner has one that we do our shotgun class. We used to do shotgun class with it. After we taught people how to shoot and how to pocket it, you know, put it in the pocket of the shoulder and get a good cheek well. Okay. They would shoot it and uh, shoot regular 12-gauge. Then he'd bring that out and call it the lie detector. It's like, this is going to tell you whether or not you have it in your pocket and you good cheek well. And it smacks the living snot out of him. He goes, you didn't have your face pressed into the side of it. <laughs> it only takes one shot. Oh, yeah. That's called aversion therapy. <laughs> Operant conditioning. Yep. All right. Uh, back into the list. Uh, our winners of SHOT Show. We saw by Odinworks, uh, their Ragna uh, four-end. We took a look at it. Extremely light, uh, different pattern cut. Uh, there's, uh, Joaquin said no real rhyme or reason to the pattern cut. It's, uh, it looks really sharp and, uh, extremely lightweight. Uh, they also did some, uh, up, upper sizes, gas blocks and different things. Uh, so, uh, Odin works. Uh, that's one of the four ends that stuck out for us. Um, well, Reed was at the Brownells, uh, AR 10, uh, announcement. Uh, I went to velocity triggers. Um, Dexter, a.k.a. Chad Wallace, um, suggested uh, I stop by and check him out. And uh, I was really impressed with the, the back story of the company. Uh, they come out of one of the larger trigger manufacturers that has an excellent reputation. Uh, and they decided to do their own thing and work with the trigger. Um, and I actually left SHOT Show with one of their triggers that they gave me. I didn't I didn't do the, the swag grab. Um, so I'm looking forward to throwing that in a, a rifle real quick. Probably going to drop it in my 300 blackout to see uh, how it how I like it compared to the grooves and the finger stop that it has on it. So um, really enjoyed talking to them. We're going to have them on the show uh, to to tell their story and share about their triggers because uh, they're really doing something unique and and cool at a, a little bit less of a price uh, than you would pay for some of the triggers that are out on the market now. Uh, next, we went to Black Rain Ordnance. Uh, they're killing it with Cerakote work there at Black Rain, and um, we had a bunch of fun with them uh, last year's range day uh, and really enjoyed talking to them. Talked to their guy. Uh, they've had some uh, – they've moved. They've had some changing of the guard there. So we're going to get them on. They also had the uh, wrong-handed AR uh, that Reed was a, a big fan of. And so uh, – and I say that in jest because both of my boys are left-handed, so I was really excited to see a, a – they're selling the upper too. I think they said right, Reed. They send the bolt and the upper. Yeah, I believe separate so. from the rifle. So for you builders out there uh, that need to make a, a left-handed AR or two, if both of your sons decided to be left-handed, uh, Black Rain <laughs> Ordinance has got uh, that for you. So um, you handled the rifle a little bit, Reed. What'd you think? Uh, you know, I thought it was great. I've already got a, a Black Rain Ordinance uh, receiver set that I've got built into a. Uh, what is it? Carbon length, uh, 300 blackout. And, uh, actually that was the, the guts of my actual 300 blackout that I had on it until I got my, uh, tax stamp back. So when I turned that one into an SBR, I had to take the guts and build another 300 blackout. Cause you know, that's me, but yeah, I like that receiver set. So, yeah. And so, um, after that, um, arrow precision, of course, I'm a slight fanboy, just a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit, um, I own 
Uh, I should own like 51% of the stock of the company because I have so many other lowers. But um, they, we went to their booth uh, for shot. They had the best patch. They're on our list for best patch. The playing card uh, with Arrow was uh, pretty slick. Uh, Patriot Patch Company made that. I did not know that, that uh, Jake and Ryan Cross had done that before. If I would have known that before, um, I may have held it against them. But um, it was a pretty slick patch. They also, I walked up and uh, Chad was there at the booth and they had some full auto stuff. But I saw him like playing with something really shiny and uh, it was looking like a suppressor. And so I asked him about it and handed it to me. They are going to start making their own suppressors. So basically, Aero Precision is on a mission to take every single penny I ever make. They're just going to become my one-stop shop for everything. Um, but excited about them getting into the suppressor game because they're a good company, does solid things, and uh, we got to play with giggle switches at their stuff with their uh, suppressor on there. Um, so uh, that and the patch for them. Reed, you shot some of the stuff at Arrow too, right? Oh, yeah. It was pretty neat. Uh, you know, Tony, I'm sure you remember the kind of excitement of getting on anything in the military arsenal that um, lets you just go to town. But, you know, out in the civilian world, how many times do you get a chance to do that uh, without paying the admission fee? And uh, you get out there on something like this, and they're like, here, guy, just go to town. <laughs> and that's so awesome. Uh-huh. It was pretty yeah, cool. You did it with as much... You did it with as much zeal as you did when you were a kid in the military. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, after that, some individual awards. Uh, literally the best hang uh, was with the guys from Mad Dog Weapon System. We connected. We held court in the middle of probably the busiest spot that we could find uh, <laughs> at the <laughs> at the show, like at the, the entry exit where everybody's streaming out, and there's just a group of eight of us. They're standing there in the circle. Uh, everybody that was there, Jared, Mark, of course, Bruce, and Ken. Uh, Ken and I are, uh, I believe, are brothers that were given up for adoption that have been um, now reunited because we both have a uh, HK USP 40. So uh, we're, we're, I was pretty excited to find somebody else that had that, and I could talk about my HK fandom with them. Um, but like, just great. You like the only guy in Nevada. Yeah, he feels the same way about it, just so you know. You guys are, like, you know, in a bromance now. So, you're- <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we really, like, looking forward, we, we had Mark on the show, and we just sat there. And we could have talked for another two or three hours, but we had a list of, like, five more guys we had to go talk to. And uh, so I had to break up the party. Uh, well, and, and then- I, I think we took pity on Mark a little bit. Mark was uh, re- he was repairing himself from an injury, so I, I could see the tears at the corner of his eyes. He was trying to tough it out, like, "Yeah, I'm gonna hang with you guys, but really, my leg is just about to like go numb, and I'm gonna cut it off." <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, we had a good time with those guys. Um, best display was my buddy Nick, who's uh, at New Frontier Armory. Uh, he had a rotating arm uh, display for their new. Uh, C5 lower, I believe it's the C5 lower. But, uh, yeah, they uh, posted a video of it, of him just uh, spinning it around on his arm. And uh, if you missed that, you can check it out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash AR15podcast. Nick is an awesome dude. We talked a little bit about his foundation uh, for his brother that didn't make it home and what they're doing this year, uh, 18 scholarships uh, for those that are either going to college or serving in the armed forces to help them out. And uh, so we're going to try to help make that happen. He's going to be doing 
the organization is going to be doing a rifle giveaway, and we are going to promote the snot out of it because, uh, one, it's the right thing to do. Two, Nick is a great guy, and uh, I really want to help make this goal for him go, and we are all about supporting uh, those that serve our country. So uh, we're going to be all over that in the coming weeks. We're going to have Nick on. I believe the raffle starts or the the fundraiser starts here in a couple days. So we'll get that on quick. Uh, of course, best patch went to Arrow Precision. Best meal uh, went to Juan's <laughs> Flaming Fajitas and can- Cantina. Um, well, I have, to, I have to tell you that the first time we ate there, um, JD called it uh, Flaming Wands. <laughs> and, you know, I had to look at him. I was like, I'm thinking W-A-N-D-S. No, JD, I do not want to go to a guy, a restaurant called Flaming Wands. I mean, you know, that's sick. I, I want to eat Mexican food. No. But apparently it was it was not Flaming Wands. It was Wands Flaming Fajitas in Cantina. It was good. They have great margaritas. It was. And we, we had some... Other meals that were good. We went to Holstein's and uh, went to uh, a pizza joint um, in the Grimaldi's. Was it in the Grimaldi's in the Venetian. And man, our waitress was awesome. Yep. Uh, awesome the, waitress. She was out of this world. Unfortunately, uh, no, wait a minute. They took care of us. They did. They did. But it took it took almost two hours. So, uh, but they did take care of us. So we had a good one. Yeah. Who's ringing? Not I. That's not it. Tony, is that you? No, nobody likes me. I don't get phone calls. <laughs> what is that? Is that you, JD? Wait a minute. Yes, <laughs> What's Guess going on? <laughs> who's calling? I have no idea who's calling. Oh, is someone Facebook calling you? Uh, quite possibly. See, Reed's dog was on today or on the IWI show for about 10 minutes. Now somebody's calling me while I'm on. I'm like, what's going on? That's funny. That's hilarious. Okay, so, and and they did take care of us at Grimaldi's. I want to make that there. Funniest moment uh, we had was uh, the Firearms Insider, uh, a.k.a. Chad. Um, we were at Holstein's, and we decided <laughs> to, we were having fun, and uh, Chad decided that he wanted to talk to or take a picture with the waitress. So he, he wanted to up. capture the moment. He, he did. Uh, he got up and he walked across and he started talking to the waitress and, you know, he asked her for a picture and not only did he get one waitress in the picture, another one joined him. They were all smiles. <laughs> I started clapping and, you know, cheering him on and everything. So, I mean, way to go. Ch- I mean, Chad kept the uh, comedic, relief real close and every time i saw him i I know we're on a podcast but tony could probably relate to that have you ever met chad face to face tony no i've never met him face to face okay it's quite an experience every time i saw him would like run into him on the shot show floor or run into a restaurant or something he'd hold his hands up and do this little like shake thing with his neck like he didn't know what was going on in life it's like he was shrugging He's yeah, going a little like bit. He was shrugging huh? and looking at me, and huh? like trying to figure out what's going on, and you know. And the more and more I, I thought about it, I was just like, "Man, I got to pray for Chad's wife more because he's only with me for four days." And uh, <laughs> I told my wife, "I was like, Chad's either going to be really cool or he's going to be a serial killer." I still haven't decided <laughs> which one he is yet, but we had a, well, we had a blast. Understand, Chad? Chad's been with his wife for a really long time. He's been a married family man. He was out by himself in Vegas. He did not know what to do with himself. 
<laughs> that would explain the, yeah. the kind yeah. of look. He looked like yeah, a bobblehead. He's like, no one's telling me what to do right now. He's like, no one's telling me what to do. I, I don't. Should, shouldn't that be somewhere? Shouldn't, shouldn't that be a honey-do list? <laughs> Freedom. Help. That's it. That's it. That's the look. That is exactly what it was. You are spot on. All right. So um, grumpiest team member goes to me. Um, oh, yes. You were a grumpy butt. I, I was grumpy a little bit. Um, a lot. Extenuating circumstances. Well, you guys take me being quiet and walking away is grumpy. I'm just like, I'm done. Um, <laughs> no, I take you waking up in the morning. You are grumpy. Well, what do you think the side effects of working with you in this professional environment for three years are? I mean, nice. there's repercussions <laughs> that happen. I get, I'm getting older oh. and saltier every day. Oh, I tell you what, it was hysterical. First breakfast we go out there, um, this place, it was decent food. But, you know, I get out there and we sit down. and Oh, my and, gosh. I'm looking for, for for pancakes, and you know pancakes are cheap. You know, thirty cents a pancake. You know, make a decent profit. They're selling ten dollar pancakes for a stack of three. I'm like, hey, what is this? They don't have a short stack. Can't get these a la carte. I just want a pancake. So I just start busting JD's chops, and I bust his chops. So then I order this meal, and I'm like, I want hollandaise sauce, and and the guy says, oh well, we don't have hollandaise sauce. And I'm like, oh really? I guess I was mistaken. I looked at your menu. You said you had. Benedict's eggs Benedict. So what? Eggs Benedict don't come with salt. So I started busting his chops some more, and just ride him and ride him. We go out. And I'm like, you know what, JD, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, every every place. Finally, I was like, I'm not picking. He he tells me when he gets into town, he's like, I want to eat at like a Vegas experience restaurants, Vegas places. I'm like, all right, I'll, I can do that. And then everything, and then I'm finally like, all right, dude, you pick. I'm not doing this anymore because you're going to rip me apart. You, you pick. I was, so, I was so hard on him. And then I lure him back and they say, okay, well, let's go here. And then we go there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, See, everybody else was off. Everyone else was in Vegas to have fun and go to shot show. JD was at home. He still had to take his kids to school. He still had to do stuff. And then he had to run around and get trashed by you because his restaurants weren't up to par. Actually, Chad and Reed both went to, did the school bus run with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, living oh the life, but we, we did have a lot of fun. And, um, I think that what's the next award? We actually have a new award. But who does um, it go to? First, it's our first annual Kent pretentious, unprofessional, and annoying award. Um, Kent, you're now podcast famous. I don't know. Oh, we're going to award it to Kent? No, we're not going to give it to Kent. It's oh, just okay. named after him. Oh, it's okay. Be there but so this, this award was going to go to Franklin Armory um, for the experience I had, but I will give props to Franklin Armory. They emailed today uh, and asked uh, for us to contact them so we could discuss what happened at Range Day. I talked to one of their managers, and we had about a 10-minute conversation. About He asked what happened and uh, who it was and what my experience was. Uh, he apologized and said that was not the uh, face that they wanted to put forward, and he would figure out how to handle it in the future. And you know what? Major props to them for you know reaching out and saying, you know what? We're sorry you had a bad experience. We want to talk about it. That's customer service. That's 
what I was ranting about and also realized that my rants are after having to deal with Chad, Anthony, and Reed for nonstop living in my house, eating my food. I mean, it is it is really not something you want to see to wake up in the morning, walk out of your room, and see Chad doing that little shrug bobblehead thing at you. I mean, it, yeah. it messes with a person. Or, so, uh, you or, got, or you me, got a, knowing just how what? far I can poke the bear before he explodes. <laughs> so props to Franklin Armory. I will say that. You do not get this award. Uh, reaching out and uh, discussing it, just like the manager at Grimaldi's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm all about that. But now we don't have uh, a, a, a recipient, do we? I think we do. Who? Well, it's a tie. I think it's to anybody who was dragging around the milk crates and dropping <laughs> in every free piece of swag that you could find. And then I've seen I've seen them posted in, in various patch sites and things. People are now selling them, like, for a premium. Because you did not know that? They do that every could, year. No, I know it, but I just think that's kind of a, a douchey move. I mean, it is a douchey come move. Come on. So this is – it's a tie between that and whoever the jerk is that stole the silver Glock barrel from CMC. <laughs> I, I think you, you're kind of a low life. There if you you're going to go to that – and you're gonna, and vendors are gonna put their product out there on display so that they can sell things, make impressions with the media, and make deals. And you're gonna take advantage of the high amount of concentrated traffic. I think you totally deserve the Kent pretentious, unprofessional, and annoying award, the first annual. I'll make a trophy if if you ever come for it, I'll send it to you. So uh, that that's um, my uh, award. Didn't that happen last year? <clears throat> Yeah, someone <clears throat> someone had something stolen out of the uh, was it the new product area? Was it didn't yeah, Land and uh, Landtag had something stolen a couple of years ago too, didn't they? I, you know, I'm sure there's always some. Like, yeah, it was like a wagon. muzzle device or something. And you know, I, I was watching in the TGC uh, group that I'm a part of. Cat uh, from Adam's Arms uh, posted that they had something stolen too. So I mean, if you're going to really? go to one of these, yeah, if you're going to go to one of these and that's your goal, whether you know you're just you're just trying to get a five finger discount or anything. You know and what? That, that that does not sound like the insiders. You know what I mean? I mean, the media, the the real media. I don't think they could care less. I mean, heck, I mean, if you're even like, you know, top tier media, people are begging you to take their stuff just to like bless it by touching it and talking about it. They don't have any any reason to do this. I don't know. I mean, I. I just can't fathom who who would do that kind of stuff because, frankly, why would anybody who's there for business do it? Because you're basically risking your reputation and your ability to do business with other people in the industry. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's a I don't small industry. It. Yeah. And, you know, and, if you're out, if, you, if somebody outs you for that, I mean, that you, you go down. I mean, you go down hard if you're the guy that's a thief. And here's the deal. So this is – we're, we're only on Monday, and they all packed up probably Friday night, Saturday, and got here. Um, I'm going to tell you that the Sands Convention Center, every single square inch is covered by a camera. I mean, multiple cameras. We're talking about Las Vegas security and conventions and things. They're going to go through and review everything, and they're going to find the person who did this. And eesh. Oh, wait a minute. Like the... The CMC booth, those guys are hosed. 
because it was an if it was if it was underneath the top deck of the CMC booth, it's an enclosed space with a covered deck. You can't see under there. I would I would bet that they have some camera angles that'll reach in areas. I would hope so. I'd hope that. I mean, I, I'm hoping so. But knowing the security in this town and the things that come through that convention hall to protect, I, I bet that they're going to have somebody or somebody's going to see something pretty quick. Well, Can you imagine being the employee that packs their things when they get back home yesterday and it falls out of their briefcase or whatever and they go, oh, crap, and now I, can, <laughs> I really can't tell my boss that I did it. <laughs> oh, oh crap. Now I remembered. Who stole the barrel but really Freddie? accidentally shoved it in his bag and he can't tell anybody now because he'll get fired for it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, uh, we have a segment that we've uh, begun introducing into who are uh, loose rounds. It's called our, uh, whiskey tango foxtrot section. I think that we need to, uh, briefly talk about Franklin Armory's reformation because it has of course been meme fodder and, uh, social media <laughs> has bludgeoned it. Up one side, down the other. I know that there are supporters and detractors all over the place. You know, I think Mark pointed out something that, you know, kudos for trying. And somebody's going to pay money for it. You know, I, I, I looked at it and I could not conceive of a reason why somebody would have a barrel that did not have proper rifling. And so I crossed it off my list because my first thought is, now, why would you make it the most inaccurate thing in the world by going back to musket technology? But, by golly, I was dead wrong. <laughs> wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to timestamp that. Oh, no, no. I've admitted, I've admitted to being wrong on two other occasions. No, I just need that drop as your text message ring. <laughs> I was dead wrong. <laughs> I was dead wrong. But, you know, um, I... I see it from two perspectives. The one perspective is that, you know, and, and I've, I've looked at other products in the industry and I've thought, hey, you know what? Really, they're sticking their net out. They're committing to something. They're going with it and they're going to see what sticks. Kudos. Because, you know, it may not be this one. It may not be the next one. But that's the kind of company that eventually is going to come up with something and it's going to revolutionize. Um, but at the same time, holy crap, they have been roasted for it. And, and honestly... I'd, I'd spend the 200 bucks and get the the stamp rather than spend what, what has to be a premium for <laughs> a rifle that has to use ammunition nobody can really guarantee is going to be there when I want it for what was a my, price that I'm willing to pay. What was my phrase for SHOT Show this year? What was the thing I, always, I kept saying? Do you no, remember? I, I have slept since then. <laughs> well, out they're out kicking their coverage. That's right. It's, is what, what I said, yep. and Reed and Reed would be like, they're they're out sleeping in their blankets, or you know, he would he would throw some analogy on it. What's that saying again? <laughs> I think I think they kicked really long and far on the the PR and the hype for it, which you know, props to them for being able to get everybody talking about it before the biggest trade show of the year. Props to them, they did that. But then, I mean, it comes out. And there are some not too flattering interviews that are out there, uh, YouTube things. There's memes that are all over the place. And I mean, I don't think they, it, it definitely didn't live up to the hype. And I know there's going to be still be people that buy it, but some of the interactions that were had by, by people I know trust and who remain anonymous, 
it was less than satisfactory when they actually went and talked to him or asked them about the technical details or, or why wouldn't you do this or why wouldn't you do that or why is it like this or or, or even the the defensiveness um, when somebody would ask questions or, or anything like that. So I think maybe they weren't even prepared for the oh, kind of onslaught of hype think, that they got. I don't think they were prepared at all for the negativity. I mean, well, I mean, the, the hype. I don't think they were prepared for the hype. Because okay. that's the kind of hype for a product you dream, but you got to pay off well, if you have here, that much hype. Here's the thing: you showed up at Shot Show, the industry trade show, the big Kona, and you hadn't done your homework. You didn't have the ammo. <clears throat> you didn't have your stuff together. You didn't have any proof that I mean. And then your guy who spoke said, and it seemed like he didn't even know his own product. So you didn't put your best foot forward. You put hype out there. Nobody was screaming for this. This is a part of the market that you could have came out with next year when you had all your stuff together because it's already filled. It's a $200 tax stamp where it's legal. It's an AR pistol where it's not. Um, and then in a place like Jersey, just anything's cool, not going to be legal anyway, so don't even worry about this market <laughs> if you're coming out with something with an 11-inch barrel. So <clears throat> they went off prematurely, and uh, they paid for it because you came with the hype wagon. And you were all sizzle with no steak. That's what you get. I like that. All sizzle with no steak. <laughs> they had nothing. And there are all alternatives that cost half or a third as much as your product. Again, it has no ammo for it. <laughs> I think that, uh, unfortunately, the way they reacted to the negative reactions that they got <clears throat> didn't necessarily help them in the endeavor. Um, there is uh, now here, and uh, I'll say again that, you know, anybody that tries to do something different, I respect it, you know, try to keep it realistic. But what ended up happening is they ended up catching some flack, right? So, um, you know, we release a cartridge, and we think it's cool, but other people are like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. If you then react negatively to that, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors. If you say, hey, that's cool, you know, it's not for you, no big deal, shake your hand, this is what it's about, no big deal. Uh, but the feedback that I got was that not only the folks at their booth, um, but some of their representatives online, social media, et cetera, et cetera, were kind of lashing out back at the folks that were making fun of them a little bit for it. So I, I think that if they had um, maybe a little bit more confidence in it and had maybe portrayed it for what it is instead of I – I think a lot of people felt bait and switched, which is yeah. never good, right? So if you made somebody feel bait and switched, you have to repair that and you've, you've got some recovery, what you don't want is folks representing your company that are only going to make the matter worse, right? right. So they try to do something different, great. Um, maybe it wasn't received as, as well as they had hoped, but that's okay. You take your licks, right? You know, you take your licks and you say, but still, we're going to move forward and we're going to tweak it and we're going to do this, that, or the yeah. other thing. We're Thanks gonna, for your opinion. We're going to take the overwhelming industry response and and move forward taking it into consideration and improving our product to make people you know there's a thousand ways to spend it besides you know you know having a fit you know agreed you put on your big girl panties and you get back out there and you tell people hey yeah this is it we all take a beating once in a while right it's okay but it's how you you know how are you going to recover from it you know yeah i take beatings on a pretty regular basis from the guys (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, so, are those the final thoughts on the uh, Reformation? I'm I'm good. I have some ideas. I'm going to email. Yeah. Or whatever. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> All 
And no, and no for, for the listeners, I did offer them to come on the show and talk. I said if they're interested in that, we'd come on. Uh, it won't be a fluff interview. I told them that uh, Reed is an attorney and that uh, he will cross-examine them. Uh, we'll give them a fair platform. We won't, yeah. we won't trash them. We try to stay positive uh, regardless of what my president of my fan club says. Uh, I will not beat <laughs> the horse dead. Just just within a couple breaths of death, but not that. <laughs> uh, I added this one to the show because I saw it today and it just scratching my head. Um, just want you guys' thoughts. Uh, Americans... And I don't think any of us practice yoga, but uh, Americans who practice yoga contribute to white supremacy, says Michigan State University professor. Now, Lots. Did, did you the, – the title of this professor's paper was Yoga and the Roots of Cultural Appropriation. I'm pretty sure that there was a pretty famous yogi that tracked down the Beatles so he could hang out and teach yoga. To us. I don't think we went to India and stole their yoga. I think that guy wanted to hang out with the Beatles and gave it to us. So is that cultural appropriation uh, or is that a forward-thinking yogi? Not Yogi Berra. <laughs> I think this has his head further up his uh, arse than uh, any yoga person ever could dream of. Well, <clears throat> I think this is what happens when you get tenured. When you get tenured, you can say stupid stuff and keep your job. Anywhere else they'd fire you for saying something so dumb. And what's cultural appropriation to do with this? I mean, if you learn martial arts from Asia, are you culturally appropriating that or are you just learning the skill set? You know what I mean? If you eat Chinese food, are you culturally appropriating that or are you just having freaking dinner? <laughs> if I go to Domino's, am I, am I culturally Just shut up. You're, <laughs> you're in Michigan and you're dumb. And you know the big thing is you scream racism, people pay attention to it. <laughs> this is not what you think it means. You're stupid. Stand you, the corner. You know, I think this is agonizing. It is agonizing that we have allowed institutions of higher learning to be safe havens for people that could not function in a real world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really? I, I wanted- That's the title of your paper, Yoga and the Roots of Cultural Appropriation? What exactly is cultural appropriation? So if my Ancestry.com um, <laughs> profile says that, you know, I am a mix of any number of different genetic sequences that come from all over the world that I am not allowed to borrow from any one of them because I am not 100% from there, um, well, that's kind of silly. You know, isn't, it and, you, well, how could, isn't it a you-can't-win type of scenario? Because if you say that uh, you don't like karate – and don't have a good reason why, then you're anti-karate using people. But if you like karate, then you're just using their stuff, right? Culturally so appropriating can't. a whole yeah, culture. It's a you can't win. It's no whatever makes the person who wrote it feel better, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's closed-mindedness because here's the thing: how does knowledge get passed between cultures anyway? It, it, it's the learning stuff. It's not culturally appropriating it. it. It's a new fitness thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a fad right now. But God bless yoga pants. I'm telling you right now, this guy needs to set his face. <laughs> Do not make yoga pants go away. Okay. okay. There's some horrific stuff in yoga pants, but there's some great stuff in yoga pants. He needs to shut his mouth. <laughs> I'm married. This is all I get. <laughs> all I get. <laughs> I get to look at girls in yoga pants and come home to my wife. Do not mess this up. Do not just take this away from the man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
I wasn't sure where this was going to go when I added it to the show notes, but I'm sure glad I did. Well, now you know. And knowledge um, is power. Have you guys seen this story coming up, the, the oh, Internet I Challenge? I mean, th- this is coming from the, the teens that brought you the Tide Pod Challenge. Um, no. Basically. This has been going on since before the Tide Pod Challenge. If, if uh, Who is it? It's um, Endo, his blog. He has put these on there for some time now. The kids that they call it, what is it, the no lacking challenge? The kid pulls a pistol on somebody, and then the other kid pulls their pistol on the first guy. Yeah. And I'm 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 absolutely shocked that that there are people that stupid in the world. I mean, I would have thought that you know uh, I don't know uh, outlets, simple electrical outlets would probably have ended most of these knuckleheads long before they ever had a chance to find a pistol. But good lord. I mean Well what what is the challenge? I don't I don't understand it. I just a guy a, a guy walks up to you and he pulls his pistol and points it at you. And we're not talking like a play toy, we're talking a loaded pistol. And he says, You're lacking and you're supposed to pull your pistol on that guy. And Okay. I have no idea what the purpose is. You're carrying too. So what their their point is that, hey, I caught you off guard. I could have killed you just now. And the other guy goes, well, maybe you think you could have, but check it out. I got my guy on me too. And then what ended up happening is one of them squeezed, (laughs) killed the other guy. And people are surprised that it happened. I can't believe it. Oh, it's a tragic. No, it's not. You guys are pointing loaded guns at each other's faces. It's inevitable. Yeah. I, I I think Reed is right. Uh, I think the fact that childproofing your home allowed <laughs> all the childproofing <laughs> in the home allowed these kids to get old enough <laughs> to do this. Now, if you'd have just left those covers off for the outlets, if you just not put the warning on the back of the radio when they were in the tub, all this would have cleared up long ago before there was Tide Pods and all that. They would have jumped in the ra- in, in the shower or in the tub with the radio, ended all this a long time ago. So See, this is what happens when you childproof a home. They get older and do dumber stuff. Yeah. We've cheated natural selection. Uh, you know what? I think that is yes, a good but point. You can't, but you can't cheat natural selection. It's like that movie. Which I, what was the name of that movie? The, the death movies. Death, uh, always came back. Yeah, yeah. You can't cheat it's death. Yeah. You can't cheat death. And you, and you, you know what? just delay it. I guess this is the point. This is cheating natural selection as an example of it only going so far before. <laughs> Or it, it, it wins out. Right. Yeah, it wins. It's going to win. <laughs> Social mm. media created a way for you to kill yourself and videotape it happen. <laughs> oh, jeez. I tell you. I hope this isn't like the fall of Rome. Another couple hundred years, we're, we're going to have somebody write in the, the decline and fall of Western civilization. It all started with the no lacking challenge. Yoga pants. The tide <laughs> <laughs> with yoga pants, Tide Pod Challenge, and the Lacking Challenge. Oh, jeez. Uh, I have been uh, contacted by the Firearms Insider um, that apparently there is a new, uh, there's going to be a new section on the, the show this week. It's going to talk about fetishes. Um, I would introduce, <laughs> so Tony, I don't know if you've talked to Chad since, since shot, um, so Chad's one of the hosts of the Gun and Gear Review there. And uh, I would introduce him to people as the uh, – I think I introduced him to you guys, Mark, as, as the 
the uh, host of the German Pasta Fetish podcast. Yeah. And uh, I, I did that several times, but uh, I believe you will, you guys will be discussing that uh, coming up in your next episode. But uh, to Anthony and Chad, uh, we had a blast with you guys. And uh, Anthony, thanks for all your hard work uh, to get the, the show on the air. And Chad, uh, uh, despite everything, the Dexter stuff, uh, man, it was quite a blast hanging out with you. And I look forward to uh, having you back at the, the SHOT Show Smith Hotel uh, next January. Um, almost texted his wife. Tony, you'll appreciate this. Almost, He asked for my address so his wife knew, knew where he was staying. And I almost sent him that, the address to the shady lady uh, out in Pahrump. So uh, that would have been uh that would have been fun for him, but uh, yeah, appreciated both the guys and uh, hanging out with Reed uh, for those days. Uh, it was exhausting, but we had a blast. All right. Well, I guess that's all of our coverage. Um, so send us any questions or comments to ar15.podcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe and listen to the AR15 podcast for free on iTunes or on Stitcher, and we ask that you leave us for a review so that the show can place higher in searches for potential listeners. Also, share your pics with us on Instagram. JD has forbidden me from accessing the podcast Instagram. Oh, my God. For fear of what my rudimentary, um, naive, and uh, insignificant understanding of what the whole platform is is going to do to the show. Okay, so can I share this or not? Sure, go ahead. Okay. I don't know how to use it either. All right. Guys... I control the social media for the show because I do not want Reed to double tap gun bunnies all day long <laughs> on the <laughs> shows. I cheat now. It was an accident. I'm looking at this uh, and I'm, I'm looking at this picture and I'm like, well, how do you, it, it, I can't do the picture. I can't make it get bigger. Maybe I double tap it and I double tap it and all of a sudden there's a big heart and I'm like, hey, look, JD, there's a heart. And he's like, no. What did you do? What did you do? And I'm like, nothing. I double tapped it. I double tapped that bunny. <laughs> oh. 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 So I have been banned from the Instagram, the podcast Instagram channel. Is it a channel? Can I call it a channel? You can call it whatever <laughs> you want as long as you don't double tap it. Instagram. Uh, so uh, at AR15Podcast and tag your pictures with hashtag AR15Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash AR15Podcast. Check out the other great podcasts on the Firearms Radio Network, like the very one that Tony gets on with Chad Wallace. Now, Tony, are you going to be joining Chad on the German Pasta and Fetish Podcast, or are you going to yeah. kind of keep to yourself on that one? Gonna be on the Gun and Gear Review podcast uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna be talking about some of the same things we talked about last week because they had an incident that I don't know if it got recorded or what. But we're gonna be talking about shot show stuff. All right. Wait a minute. Who who handles the recording for you guys? Oh, dude, it was awesome. It was an epic wreck. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to hear that show, so we have to do it all over again tomorrow. So last week's show didn't get aired, didn't get recorded, and didn't show up on YouTube. So it was all of us talking to each other, and we might as well have been on the telephone. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and not one of them has that black barrel, and they erased it. That's all. <laughs> oh, let, let me tell you, though, 
<clears throat> it was the best broadcasting ever done in the history of broadcasting. It's forever never happened. happened. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it works. So, uh, oh, we had guests. We had guest appearances. Elvis and Tupac came on the show. They called. <laughs> oh my God! Um, you guys, they came out of hiding. You just never hear it. Yeah, they came out. They both came in. They're actually doing an album together. Um, they sang their first two releases, um, but you'll never hear it. Um, Coleon Noir was on the show, and he was talking about how it was great to have met me at NRA. Um, who else? Jordan Heston. We actually got the gun out of his cold dead hands. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that whole show is lost now. Oh, uh, Hillary Clinton came on and said she was totally wrong about the Second Amendment, and she 100% supports it now, and she's buying a reformation. Wow. <laughs> wow. That That is a – I mean, you have to be a big person to do that. Oh, right. dude, last, year, last week's show was awesome, but it didn't get recorded. Um, I'm oh, sorry well. to hear that, Tony. Hey, I gotta I gotta jump in here because we actually have a question um, for Mark too that just came into the show. Um, Eric, we did a, a show on Wildcat Calibers a couple months ago. Uh, he says, "I love the podcast." Trying to decide if my next build will be a twenty five forty five sharp six millimeter mongoose, two twenty three Wolverine, or two fifty seven Wolverine. I'm reading as fast as I can, and I'm waiting for read dinner. slower. Uh, the primary use <laughs> read faster of my rifle will be hunting whitetail deer, black bear, coyotes, and old salty guys uh, to about 300 yards max, mostly 200 or less. Uh, I have a 6.5 Grendel and love it. I want to build a, another rifle and a legal big game caliber for Virginia. Thanks. Okay, so black bear is probably, you know, old, what did you say, old greasy guys or something? Those are easy. Um, uh, black bear are not. You hunt those with 357 SIG. <laughs> right. What were the outs? Oh, sorry, really fast. Mongoose. Uh, what did he say? Wolverine mongoose. What else? Uh, said, sharps. Uh, uh, Twenty-five, sharps, forty-five sharps. Uh, Two fifty-seven ocelot. Uh, max out to three hundred yards, but mostly two hundred yards or less is what he's looking for. None of them. So if black bear is in the mix, you don't want to play with any of those. So um, black bear are black bear, and you always want to go out with a cartridge. You always want to go out with a game appropriate cartridge and. Although people can drop hogs with a 22 long rifle, although you can do this, although you can do that. If you're going to go after black bear, you want to step up with something with a little bit more punch, a little bit more power at those ranges. You're talking about, you know, okay, cartridges, 358, 45V wrap, you name it, stuff like that. Anybody that takes like a six millimeter mongoose and goes and hunts black bear cannot be disappointed when you hit the bear and the thing just runs off and you never find it. Right. That's just, I'm just going to be honest. Even if it's not one of our cartridges, do not take a 223 based cartridge and go and hunt black bear with it. Don't do it. Cards or less, don't do it. Get something bigger. If I lost a sale, sorry, but I'd rather I lose a sale than you lose your life. That's all there is to it. They could borrow your 10-gauge. They could borrow my 10-gauge. In fact, I, I offered twice now to go get it. I'm still trying to show this thing off. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so everything other than the black bear, any of those cartridges will do the job for you. Once again, if you're going to shoot something like a black bear, make sure that when you shoot it, you kill it. Okay, that's all there is to it. What would you what would you go go to in the wildcat department for black bear? Three fifty eight yeti. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yep. with uh, we're using pretty conventional big uh, three fifty eight uh, diameter projectiles yeah. with like open two hundred grain FTX going twenty five hundred feet per second is good black bear medicine. That's all there is to it. That'll you can be tear a, you, you're done. Yeah. Tear a big old hole in that bear, won't it? Well, at least one going into it probably won't. <laughs> It'll be nasty on the inside, yeah. All right. J.D., is that about it? Uh, Mark, where can we find you? 
Personally or on the web? Well, no, no, no. We don't want to uh, have I mean, any If you stalkers. want to share personally where they can find you to borrow that 10 gauge, anybody, that's on you. If anybody finds me personally, they're going to meet Thumper. Um, <laughs> uh, www.maddogweapons.com, M A D D O G weapons.com. Um, stop by. We also have a forum at mdws.forumchitchat.com. It's the MSR Evolution Forum. Uh, it is uh, open source for everybody. Uh, you can even just lurk if you want. Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on the second issue for everyone on Facebook. You can also find me on Simon Says Train on both Facebook and Instagram. You can find him and Diversity Shoot. Oh, DiversityShoot.com. And you can also find him on the internet, being imposing with that mighty, mighty opinion of the world and steering people in the right direction. There you go. <laughs> Good luck in Jersey, man. Nice to meet you, Tony. <laughs> it was nice. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Uh, we need all the help we can get. Uh, and with that, I think. I think we're about wrapped up. Uh, visit the new website, ar-15podcast.com, ar-15podcast.com. Support the show there. Sign up for the new Frontier Armory uh, C45 side-charging AR pistol that we're giving away. Uh, you can also uh, check out RTT Firearms, offering 10% off custom rifles and 20% off Cerakote work. You just have to say uh, Chad Wallace is Dexter and that you listen to the AR-15 podcast. Uh, they will hook you up. Um, I believe you could also probably say yoga pants in the AR-15 podcast and they hook you up. So uh, check them out. Listen to the other uh, uh, shows on the Firearms Radio Network, firearmsradio.tv slash Amazon. Uh, help out the network. Uh, and with that, I think we're going to end this two-hour episode of Loose Rounds. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>